Chapter Six of the Half Breed, A Tale of the Western Frontier, by Walt Whitman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Chuck Williamson. Chapter Six. Return we to the scene of the conflict, and to the senseless body. The hunters were mistaken in supposing it dead. Though severely injured, Brown was not deprived of life. The blow had stunned him, and the loss of blood had made him faint. Some fifteen minutes elapsed, and the flickering consciousness of existence came back to the wounded man. It came at first painful and dreamlike then fuller and with more distinctness. When he awoke to a knowledge of his situation, and realized why it was that he lay there with a bloody gash upon his temple, and his hair clotted, and his limbs quite nerveless, he remembered the altercation, and the blows passed between himself and the Indian. Cooler in temper now, he thought of twenty little things wherein he had been in the wrong, and he determined to make up the quarrel the first time he and the chief met. He shut his eyes a moment, conscious of a drowsy and disagreeable sensation. What impish creature was that who met Brown's gaze as he looked again? The leaves and the twigs crackled and a form which mocked the outlines of humanity bent over him. It was Bodo. Ah! said the half-breed, an expression of dissatisfaction settling upon his face. Is he alive? I thought the blow had killed him outright. And a second time, and more plainly, Disappointment was evinced upon his features. "'How came you here?' said Brown, in a weak voice. "'I saw it all,' answered the hunchback, chuckling. "'I saw it all. I have followed him, cursed him forever.' since the morning and i thought he had killed you don't you call that murder the wounded man made a sign of assent and then he would have been hung oh that it might bodo paused for he saw that he was going too far he had a species of cunning notwithstanding his natural dullness, and that taught him, on the present occasion, to repress the remarks he was going to make, nothing more or less than sorrow, because the savage had not indeed made himself amenable to the severest punishment of the law. "'I am as weak as a baby,' said Peter. What would I give for a drink of cool water, and a 
quiet rest of an hour or two and a spasm of agony passed over the countenance of the speaker he was evidently under much suffering there is a place rejoined bodo nearer at hand perhaps than you imagine where you might get what you wish the blacksmith looked up with a mute glance of inquiry in the other's face yonder continued bodo where you see the crooked oak is the cave of father luke i have been there and know the spot help me thither said brown and when i am taken home i will remember your kindness he slightly raised his body and waited for the hunchback's further assistance <laughs> see said the malicious personage grinning how important is your bodo in cases of extremity all along no people care for him except to mock him until they are harmed and then they ask his aid brown had he possessed his strength would have found a summary way of replying to the provoking speech but he was now fain to submit and silently wait his pleasure the hunchback bent at the side of the blacksmith and assisted him to rise it was hardly until that moment that brown felt how much injured he had really been he could hardly hold himself up and he shivered with a chill and felt deadly sick so with slow and unsteady pace leaning upon bodo and often stopping to rest against a trunk of a friendly tree, he traversed the few rods which intervened between the place of the quarrel and the rude dwelling of the lonesome man. Bodo parted the shrubs around its entrance and showed his companion the method of the safest ingress, for either by accident or from its occupant's labor there were certain thorny plants and various twistings and dark turns which required some heed to read uninjured when they came into the room of the monk they found it untenanted without life or noise they saw from the appearance of things that its dweller had probably left it that morning and no doubt would be back ere long take that vessel said peter faintly pointing to a large tin cup which hung on the wall and bring me some water from the nearest spring i am dizzy and thirsty bodo did as he was desired and the sick man threw himself on a heap of bearskin that lay in one corner. He felt strangely and miserably. Perhaps even now the death arrow tip had failed of inflicting, 
might not be far distant. He would have given half his little estate had he been at home and with his wife to soothe his sickness. The indolent half-breed, loitering on his way to the spring, notwithstanding the emergency of the time, heard a step along a path nearby, and, turning, saw Father Luke wending his way with hasty strides and agitated features. "'Know you aught of this terrible business, my son?' said he, addressing Bodo, with a title which the poor wretch little knew his right to, in a worldly sense, as well from the usage of the church. They tell me in the village that Peter Brown is murdered by Arrowtip. What they say in the village is often false as true, replied Bodo with a sneer. The monk saw that the hunchback could relate more of the business, and a hope sprung in his mind that he should perhaps hear a refutation of the fearful rumor. Good son, said he, do not tamper with me. Describe what you may of the matter at once. Well, then, continued the other, the plain truth is that the Indian would have killed Peter and did so try. But Peter, having a very thick skull, his life was saved. I saw it myself. They came and took Arrowtip away, and probably have him at the village at this moment, where—' "'I know that,' interrupted the Holy Father, impatiently. "'I am just from Warren myself, and know all about that. Tell me, where is Brown now?' "'Seeing the—' poor fellow in such distress bodo went on though to tell the fact he did not know it himself for quite a long while i with my usual good kindness walked round him and round him and prayed for his recovery the hunchback leered. "'Blaspheme not,' said the monk sharply. "'Hasten with your narration, and use no more such wicked ridicule.' "'Shortly he came to himself, and I have taken the liberty of showing him the way to your luxurious dwelling where he is at this moment reposing being dry he wished a cup of water which i am now to bring god in heaven be blessed was the fervent ejaculation of the monk as he heard bodo's recital the curse of the avenger of blood will not fall on the chief's head and the misery and crime be saved. Then bidding Bodo make speed, 
he turned toward the cave with a lighter heart. End of chapter 6